0: Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click Media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution and your podcast host. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software built specifically to meet the needs of insurance agencies and brokerages. If you believe that the relationship you have with your clients is the heart of your business, and I know you do, then, if you haven't done it lately, visit agencyrevolution.com, request a free demo, and see how that tool and technology, their tools and technologies can help you get your agency to the next level. Um, I uh, am excited to introduce you to this conversation with a, a really special guest, and I think you're going to be delighted with this conversation. It's a little bit of a, it's a slightly different uh, tack than I've taken over the last uh, three weeks. Since uh, we are now uh, in the midst of a uh, pandemic and a crisis that we're all dealing with, uh, an observation clearly that I think a lot of us have made that is that a lot of the, I'll call them, modern insurance agencies were so much better prepared for this pandemic than others for a couple of reasons. Uh, One, I'll cite three of them. One, they tend to be more adaptable uh, because they've already adapted. So they have that in their culture. And this is a a period where we need to be adaptable. Number two, they're uh, comfortable with uh, tools and technologies that allow them to very quickly move from um, a static location to remote. Uh, So they have remote workers. Many of them already had remote workers, uh, remote disciplines and protocols and the technologies these are agencies that tend to be very comfortable with technology embrace technology and so they were able to do that and then number three they had the tools uh, already so that they were able to communicate with their customers which of course is the heart of the independent insurance agency system it is uh, it has always uh, been built upon the strength of being in a, a relationship business and so they had that problem solved and so uh, for the last three weeks i'll put this in some perspective the last three weeks I've been uh, interviewing experts that I felt could help guide um, our listeners toward um, astute and expert answers, uh, specifically in regards to how to respond to the current pandemic. Uh, And if you haven't listened to them, please, I really encourage you to listen to my conversation with Bob Hartwig, the person I would consider to be this industry's chief economist about the potential impact of the virus on the economy the industry and your agency please listen to my conversation with brad rubin about uh, how to make sure that your uh, technologies your customers data and your data is secure now that you've uh, most likely got uh, remote workers and new remote workers Um, and then three please listen to my conversation with bill wilson the uh, ceo and founder of insurance commentary on the uh, potential impact of the virus on coverage issues in particular um, the kind of questions that your customers will likely have and how you can respond to those questions now uh, again slightly different tack as i said a moment ago i think the modern agencies were so much better prepared for this crisis we're talking to a modern agency today so i'm not taking my foot off the pedal of encouraging, urging, and exhorting agencies to move in that direction, and now just do it quickly. This is not um, this is not uh, something to be thinking about. Um, you know, like, hey, next year we're going to make that move. Um, as I said earlier. Um, the, uh, the, the modern agencies that I'm working with, they were able to pivot on this um, like on a dime. Um, clearly, they've got issues and problems and, and uh, challenges to deal with, but they've got so much capability to deal with them, so much more capability. So not taking our foot off the pedal of going modern, and I want to introduce you to my guest today, Dave Klaassen, Proof that a successful, well-established, and respected agency can adopt the mindset and the tools of the modern age. Uh, Dave, after getting a start in the insurance industry, working for his family's insurance agency in a small coastal town on Long Island, he founded Coastal Insurance Solutions, uh, which specializes in property coverage for homes located near the coast. He said uh, living on a densely populated island with beautiful homes occupying much of our coast, it felt natural to take an itch in insurance products that catered to uh, property located near the water. water. Uh, further went on to say it's about deconstructing the complexities associated with insurance buying experience and simplifying it for the consumer. So... Dave uh, really doesn't hold anything back here. He shares the tools and technologies that he uses to guide uh, customers from stranger to raving fan. He shares uh, his kind of uh, his secret stash of uh, of um, low cost and free tools that he uses to uh, guide and test his marketing before he spends any money on it. Uh, And he shares a story about how the agency went from um, a a really well-established agency, respected agency, and how they made this transition on uh, how to go modern. So um, uh, one last thing before I go, I do want to encourage you now more than ever, if you would be kind enough, connect with me on LinkedIn. I want to hear, uh, first of all, I don't want you to miss out on the juicy stuff that we're doing because we've got some... Really powerful podcasts coming up in the next several weeks. Uh, they are in the queue, uh, ready to be recorded. Don't want you to miss those, so please connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. Also, a <laughs> little bit of an experiment again. Uh, my previous uh, exercises on Twitter were not terribly successful in part because it hasn't been a terrific platform for agencies uh, to be engaged, engaging in, and, and and monitoring. And so, I'm testing it again. <laughs> and so, um, for uh, let's say four to six weeks. And so, if you would be kind enough to jump on Twitter and follow me, that'll make it a more successful test. And then, likewise, uh, it's kind of same thing with Instagram. Um, tends to be a little more of a uh, a uh, little, little more on the social, a little less on the business side, but um, it's a blurry line and um, would love to share with you what's happening in the casita. So follow me on Instagram for a while and let's see if that works. All righty. Now, without further ado, it is a great privilege to be able to introduce you to this conversation uh, with my friend, Dave Clausen. Dave Clausen, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you?
1: I'm doing
0: well, Michael. How are you? Well, um, I am doing fine, and I suppose um, uh, f- full disclosure in case somebody's listening to this months or years from now, which actually does happen. Uh, th- w- this is uh, we we are. We don't know if we are in the middle of the coronavirus crisis, but we are certainly in the midst of it um so i think when we ask each other how we are uh it's it always feels a little bit different than it did perhaps a month ago
1: yeah we are uh located in uh, new york so we're kind of at the epicenter right now indeed uh, you know and um the respirators are on their way from the from the government i hear to new york it's going to be you know quite the interesting interesting uh Right. You know, see how this turns out. It's just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a strange time. But, you know, I do feel fortunate, um, you know, to be in an industry in which, you know, we're, we're kind of shielded from a direct quick revenue hit.
0: A so. lot of shock absorbers are built into this industry. And I've got, I mean, certainly we've got uh, all know people who are in different industries who are suffering a great deal more. So, yes, a lot to be grateful for, and if we can hold on to our health, that's good, too. So um, (laughs) uh, this is really not—I don't think the focus of this conversation is about corona— uh, though it's very possible that um, that subject might come up uh, more than once. I, I, I consider your agency to be certainly certainly leaning towards the modern insurance agency category, and you've got uh, some tools and habits that are built in that I think uh, allow you to adapt more quickly than a lot of other agencies, but for the most part, the focus is... Um, on this conversation is about some of the cool stuff that you're doing, and the things that are driving growth at the agency. So let's start at the very beginning. For those of you who don't know you, Dave, sure. uh, give, yeah, give us a little bit of a um, uh, a brief bio.
1: Sure, yeah. 19. Uh, well, our agency was started in 1979 by my father my mother, and I was and uh, I grew up in the business. And uh, after graduating college, you know, through high school, I, I worked in the business. You know and computers mm-hmm. this and that And at some point uh, you know there's was a decision okay well maybe this is for me and uh i was fortunate enough for my parents to give me an opportunity to join the business um and the rest is kind of history i quickly um you know became one of the top producers within the um within the agency kind of started a different niche brand uh about right. uh Few years into it, and focus mostly on, um, you know, online digital marketing, or we'll call it, uh, you know, uh, attracting people into a funnel um, that uh, that focuses on coastal uh, insurance risks, but uh, mainly driven by digital uh,
0: online search. Uh huh. Um. So, uh, I you know, I, it, it, an observation that I'll make. Uh, about your situation. And, and by the way, Dave, you, you not only quickly became one of the top producers in the agency, uh, it's mo- also my understanding that you're one of the top producers in the country.
1: That's right, yeah. Okay. Insurance Business America uh, magazine named me one of the top 100 producers two years in a row right in, on. The, uh, so in the U.S. So, congr-
0: uh, congratulations. So, appreciate it. So here's uh, an an observation. Let me bounce it off of you. I've been... Dealing with uh, multigenerational agencies pretty much ever since I've been in the business over 25 years, uh, it would be hard not to. And uh, now uh, I'd say, oh, you know, a third to half of my clients are agencies in a similar situation where there are two generations. And what I'm seeing now is that in many cases, not all. In many cases, the the second generation is um, uh, uh, is is coming into its role as it's a different role. Okay, so they're not uh, so so the second generation isn't merely let's say taking on a traditional producer role or learning to be perhaps uh, the apprentice agency principal or a, a agency executive um, f- following the same model as the previous generation. You're really um leading the edge on well, in some ways, the modern insurance agency um fair statement,
1: yeah, I would say that's fair. I mean, you know, for many years, I was just a producer. I eat what i what I was able to kill, if you will, mm-hmm. on my referrals, my right. leads coming in, so by all means, I was and still am a producer, um but you know we needed as well as an industry really we, you know there's been a shift and Within our agency, we've had to shift um, significantly our internal operations to accommodate our growth, to accommodate the uh, user experience and the customer experience, and to continue to, you know, I'll say keep up with the rate of change. I think Jack Welch said, when the rate of change outside of the organization exceeds the rate of change on the inside, uh, the end is near. and it's that's not a gloom, doom and gloom statement. It's just the fact that we need to keep up.
0: Uh, I've referred to that uh, quote from Welch a number of times, and, and while we can preface it by saying it's not doom and gloom, uh, it, well, it is a, a fairly sobering statement to an industry that um, is not well known for the speed of change. Right. Uh, talk, talk to us for a moment about what you think that means to the independent agency of today.
1: I mean, I think it means exactly what, uh, you know, what it says is we need to pay attention to our customers' um, expectations, desires, and needs, Um, and if we're not going to provide them the way they want it, they're going to find it somewhere else. The consumer is very savvy today
0: what uh yeah t- well talk to us about that what do you, what do you think they want that um well perhaps is the same uh, as it used to be, but also what do you think they want that is different and and what are they looking for in an independent insurance agency that uh is different or how are they how are they looking that's different than it was a generation ago
1: well, I think a generation ago you know for me when i started we we people need an id card they came in they signed an application in front of us and we filled out our carbon ID cards in New York here. We had the flip thing, you have carbon, you hand them a piece, and then the, one was mailed to the New York State uh, Insurance Department. And, you know, if you accelerate that to today, you know, folks are, they want it fast, they want it simple, they want it affordable, but they don't want it too fast, right? So I was up in a, uh, at an, uh, a company uh, mm-hmm. up north, and they had a direct-to-consumer uh, Homeowners insurance product that they launched that was an instant quote, so you could get it right away, bind it, boom. What they found was that 99% of the folks that actually received the quote didn't wind up converting. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs>
0: and, you know, uh, that's, I was that's asked, a pretty I, bad closing ratio.
1: Yeah, it is. And I, and I was asked, why do you think? And I kind of thought for a second. I, I said, I think it's just. They want it fast, but they don't want it too fast. For example, uh-huh. if I go, and the way I explained it to you know, the executives there was, you know, it's almost for me like buying jewelry. You know, I'm not really sure what I'm getting. Right? I understand there's a cut. I understand there's clarity. I understand there's carrots. But I want to deal with somebody I trust. Mm-hmm. I want to have that relationship, and I want to understand the value I'm getting.
0: Got it. Uh, okay, so in their model, um, they were driving people into the funnel and attempting to convert them completely online, right? That's correct. Now, in, in your model, ta- uh, sh- share with us what the distinction is in your model and why you think that's working.
1: Sure. So, you know, they would come to a landing page on our site um, and for whatever product we're trying to attract them for. And then they would fill out some information. It would get... Um, Put into our system our CRM system, and it would be automated, automated automatically sent to our staff in which they can our staff can send some text messages, find out what, what time is good to speak to them you know hear about their concerns and speak to a live person and we can offer advice on their situation while checking the market for for price
0: so your model is online to offline
1: online to Get them on the phone uh-huh. or, or communicate with them the way they want to be communicated with. What do you if think that's... would
0: happen if your model was 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 uh, trying to close them uh, to to attract them and close them online?
1: I think that would be at this point. I don't think the industry is there. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just don't see it yet. I think we're going there.
0: Do you think the consumer that wants the independent insurance agency system is there, or do you think do you, do you think like in the example you were talking about up mm-hmm. north where? Um, I mean, clearly they're researching and shopping online. Yes. But do you think there's a demographic that once um, that they want something from the independent agency system that they don't get from other systems, and that's that peace of mind, the assurance that there's uh, a, a real person protecting them?
1: Yeah, I think that they need advice. I think that um, insurance is uh, can be confusing to some folks. Mm-hmm. If, if you know, if if you're not used to, or if it's your first time home purchase for example if it's uh... if you're a little bit more savvy perhaps you're checking the market um, you know but i i to answer your question i think the the viability of the uh, independent agent channel and our value add is to be able to you know offer the local advice to those people people that are professionals have the available markets and understand you know, that these consumers and these customers want it, and our clients, hopefully, ultimately, want it fast. They want it affordable. They know they can find it affordable, but the value that they really – the value we can give to them is the is the true advice and be an advisor rather than uh-huh. uh, an order taker.
0: So, uh, so t- t- talk a little bit about what you think is the appropriate balance. Like, um, oh – uh yeah as you can imagine uh, I've, I've heard so many times um agents and and typically these might be agents in your dad's generation okay boomers sure. and and not your dad cuz he's forward thinking yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> but but i you know i think some concern um when the internet first you know um emerged and uh burgeoned as a um as a force in society and in the economy, and as it developed and evolved, there was some anxiety and concern that uh, it would dehumanize the um, customer experience. Sure. And 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 my sense is in your in your case. I mean, you can obviously I've got a bias here, and I've seen uh, I've seen this bias play out well. It's a well-founded bias. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, that 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 the 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 appropriate balance or the appropriate roles of digital and the appropriate role of you know the um, uh, not digital. You know the human human. Yeah. That uh, w- when they're when they work well together. Uh, it enhances the, human, the humanity uh, uh, and the authenticity of the agency and the agent.
1: Absolutely. How do I you mean, do that? It, yeah, so, yeah, what,
0: so what's the role?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's the magic sauce everyone is trying to perfect, you know, is to how to get them or attract the people that you, that you have, your ideal customer, convert them in an effective manner, turn them from a customer Into a client and then nurture them properly through digital relationships and using technology like Agency Revolution Mm -hmm. or Rocket Referrals or, you know, some sort of email marketing campaign, stay top of mind with them Mm -hmm. and also have a human factor to it, you know, be able to show pictures of people and things you're doing for the community and, you know, bring them into your culture. If mm-hmm. you will, as an agency, and I think that's how you retain folks
0: long term. Okay, l- let me circle back to something you said just a moment ago: mm-hmm. attract, convert, uh, uh, turn customers into clients, uh, which, uh, and, and then to nurture them, you know, presumably for retention. So, if we were going to look at that in my Acor model, model mm-hmm. uh, the four stages of marketing: uh, attract, convert, optimize, and retain. <laughs> Um, they really are four different stages. And so I, sure. think, I think what you're saying, and I think you would largely agree, that uh, a lot of the attraction can be done online and effectively yep. and economically. Uh, your model for conversion is really largely done offline, human to human. That's right. Uh, but then the deepening of the relationship, the uh, encouragement to uh, get full protection— uh, can certainly be supported with digital, uh, and then ultimately again, if there's another policy, then we're, we're probably uh, uh, offline. And then the ongoing nurturing uh, digital tools can be really powerful for.
1: Absolutely, and I, and I think you hit it right. Is each one of those segments takes a tremendous amount of effort to customize, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's certainly you know, it's a, it's a, it's a moving target. But you, you know, you hit it, you know to attract to be an effective attractor, if you will, or marketer, you know, is different than somebody who is effective at building relationships and retaining. You know, the hunter is the attractor, if you will. Right. Like, you know, I think men are are from Mars, women are from Venus. And the women are gatherers, or kind of relationship, you know, opposite side of the brain in many cases, um, to there and nurture and build relationships. So, you know, I think there's something to be said about you know, be an effective hunter, but also pay attention to gathering. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, I think uh, I know that your agency um, uh, pays a lot of attention to the uh, to the length of the relationship and the depth of the relationship, right? I'm sorry, missed that, the, the, I, I know your agency pays pays a lot of attention. Yeah. N- not just not just to the kill, okay? Not ju- right. not just to getting the client but to keeping the client, making the relationship uh, sticky and, and long and deeper.
1: That's right. And, you know, we're, we've made the mistake in the past of just writing premium, you know, and, and taking orders. Mm-hmm. And I think, that was a, I think that was just what we knew, and that's where we were, right? Wow, we wrote X amount in premium in this line. Wow, we're really killing it. Right. We, we, we didn't pay much, or we, sh- we could have paid more attention to, the leaky faucet, or if you will, the leaky drain, because ah. we were filling up a bathtub. But yeah. <laughs> it was almost like we were just staying where we were. And, you know, and that's why I called, if you want R&R, you better retain through relationships. Uh-huh. You know? Okay. And, so- <laughs> you know, that's kind of the R&R we're looking to do so we can go have some R&R. All right.
0: All right. So um, I, w- so I want to dig- get into the weeds now and talk about your agency and what you're actually doing. We're going to circle back to your R&R model when we you get to that. it. Okay. So... Um, tell us a a little more about what the agency is and and why you think it's been so successful.
1: Well, we're just a personalized agency. took a niche, and we're from Long Island, so there's lots of coast around here. So we took a niche in some hard, difficult-to-write properties that may be within a certain distance from water, let's say like within a mile. And uh, there was a need for that here on Long Island. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we took that niche maybe seven, eight years ago, and... From there, we saw some nice growth um, within the agency and uh, predominantly personal lines, 75%, 25% commercial, small business, typically. Yeah. Uh, A family-run type of shop Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, shifted our model of marketing from face-to-face or referral-based locally to, um, you know, dealing with some local referral sources that, Gave us the capability to expand our marketing, expand our geographic uh, targeting, and that's where we are today. All
0: right. So, um, y- y- so you mentioned a couple of things that I think are worthy of at least a moment of attention. One yeah. is the selection of a niche, and then the other one, of course, is is how you've pursued that niche with uh, digital tools. So. Mm-hmm um so do you think so as you describe the agency and again it's been around since I forget 1979, nineteen seventy nine or exactly right. okay yeah. so uh so presumably it was a a well run uh but also typical main street agency serving uh mostly personal lines and some small commercial lines in the neighborhoods and the communities in your area in long Island okay And now, would you say that the identification of the pursuit of the niche was a transformative strategic decision? Absolutely. Okay, so that's that's so important, um, that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you to reflect on that for a moment. Um, Sure. Because people are listening, and obviously the vast majority are not going to have your opportunity with – uh, coastal properties okay you yep. know so if you mm-hmm. if if somebody's listening in Nebraska they're thinking right. yeah, that, that doesn't um that doesn't apply, but yeah the yeah, selection I mean, of the niche the the you know it, it's um one of the things that has um oh you know c- continues to strike me as overlooked but of critical importance is that is that decision. So, for example, um, you know, if, if the, uh, you know, let's say you've got two niches to choose from, and one of them will deliver, uh, let's say, 10% uh, more revenue than the other one. Well, if you roll that out, uh, you know, 10% in new and renewal business and roll that out over the next five years, let's say, the delta between decision A and decision B actually becomes quite substantial.
1: Absolutely. It's a compounding yeah, effect.
0: Yeah. And, and, and so, um, if you were going to like reflect on what you learned from yep. your niche selection, what do you think are the critical lessons that come out of that?
1: Well, I think there's a few things. One is, there has to be a need. So, ah, okay. you know, somebody's got to want to buy the stuff that you have. And then the second part is, you got to have it. <laughs> so, okay. you know, for example, we happen to just not by any, you know, magical decision that we made. It was just there was more of a need for uh, mm-hmm. protection of coastal, you know, homes uh, okay. near the water so, than we had the market. Yeah, so, so, we, so when
0: you say, in this case, need, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I want to dig into that for a moment because, Definitely. like, in theory, everybody needs appropriate insurance. But right. in this case, um, the need is uh, fairly robust because it's often difficult to place.
1: That's Right, exactly. There was a limited availability of that type of, you know, an agency that had those products. And, you know, I would say to an agent is look at your products. Find out what you're the best at. What are you, you know, you may be steered in a direction without Mm -hmm. even knowing it already. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, see what kind of uh, margins those... Um, you know, can produce for you. Right. And, you know, you, you, I think it's kind of a natural progression, but um, for the everyday, or we'll call it, you know, Main Street USA agent writing both personal lines and, and, and commercial you know, and you mm-hmm. know, let's just say you're in Main Street USA and you have your walk-ins and, you know, your local shop, you know, there's, there's going to need to be an investigative stage of what are we good at and how can we, provide those, or how can we meet the people that need our products, and how can we attract yeah. them in? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a product line that you're going to know really well, and you're going to be good at just naturally. Okay. Whether yeah. it's pizza shops in in brick buildings, or, uh-huh. you know, I have no clue, whatever yeah. it may be for you. And then, you know, you kind of just got to start branding towards that, mm-hmm. and attracting, positioning yourself as an expert for those for those
0: folks. Okay. Uh, so let me ask you to reflect on on one other aspect of uh, niche marketing, because hmm? I think you can compare this to uh, prior to because you were active in the agency prior to that, right? So presumably, oh. were, were you something of a generalist before that?
1: We were. Yeah,
0: and you. Right. So you, so you've got personal experience on so like pre-niche, you know, kind that's of be, correct. Right? I, so yeah,
1: I kind yeah. of took a little bit of a niche on our own and it happened. The agency kind of shifted. Yeah, uh, there was a need. Uh-huh. There was um, in specific uh, Allstate was getting out of the market because right, right. there, you know, and there was a flood of cancellations coming up because mm-hmm. they were reducing their exposure for cat reasons. And, you know, a certain percentage of their book was was being uh, non-renewed.
0: Got it. So,
1: you know, we kind of got a little lucky, but, you know, it's funny because if we didn't approach those markets before this happened, we wouldn't have had the availability or the opportunity to Uh pick up some of that business. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... um... So,
0: so there's another element. So uh, I'll uh, g- give you your thoughts on this, that uh, with a niche, uh, not only do you have the opportunity to, um, well, market much more effectively, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But internally, you can develop a, a very efficient uh, factory, so to speak, because you're uh, delivering this, the, the, the same processes, you're conducting the same processes, delivering the same expertise and wisdom. Over and over and over again.
1: You bet. Right. I mean, you know, you become, uh, you know, you said it exactly right. I mean, you know, we just, we have our, you know, uh, we're good at what we do uh-huh. because we've done it over and over and over and we've made mistakes and yeah. we've, we've refined and we've, you know, we've added some tech on to help along with communication and things along those lines, but mm-hmm. that doesn't change our expertise in the field um you know it, you become it just becomes easier and easier as you get down that road in that niche got it
0: all right yep. so um let let's talk about okay how have you grown the thing uh, let, let's let's dive into the weeds uh what's sure. what's working for you and and you know what do you want to share with other modern agents about um oh you know modern marketing
1: yeah, i mean if you do decide so i think the biggest thing is just adding massive value to the people you're looking to attract. Talk about your that. Ideal okay, what it. Yes. What, you know? what, what so, is,
0: how, how do you add massive value? And are you talking um, about adding massive value to the marketplace and prospects uh, or customers or presumably both?
1: Well, I think it's just, um, well, I think it's all, you know, yes, it's all. Okay. Because, you know, <laughs> If you um, if you're looking to attract, let's just make up something. I don't know, plumbers, uh-huh. uh, plumbers insurance in Arizona. Got it. I don't know, right? Okay. okay. So let's just go with that. Um, plumbers insurance. Well, there's good. You know, the, plumbers are going to have questions that they're going to need answered on their insurance, especially when they run into a problem or a pain point. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some common associations that they may be members of and how can you add value to their uh, their search you know if they're looking online for a problem does plumbers insurance cover this ask you can ask your staff what the questions they're getting asked for by the plumbers what's a common question you can write an article you could do a video and you can just provide the answers to get in front of them and position yourself as an expert within that field as an insurance expert for plumbers, you know, and I, you know, I think that's been very effective for us.
0: So if somebody was in your market, coastal property, Mm -hmm. uh, typically what, I'll break this into a couple of chunks. What media, um, Mm -hmm. would they have consumed content from you in? uh, in
1: Most likely it would be a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, an article or a blog we okay. had written uh-huh. on Google. I uh-huh. mean, if I mean, if, if if I need to know how to install, you know, a new light switch in my hood in my kitchen, that's where I'm. I'm going to Google. I'm like, right. how do you know? And I look up the serial number and the model number, and I, and then there's some guy doing a video on it already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I could just follow that guy. So I think from a uh, from a search standpoint, that you know, Google is certainly certainly key. Um, and I, and I really believe that video is, is the new up-and-comer and will probably uh, be just as important as, as, as regular, I'll call it, you know, search right. for uh-huh. a written word. Yeah. Okay. You know, so. So,
0: so, so in your niche, somebody might—they um, may be exposed—before they become a customer, they might be exposed to a blog, uh, an article— or Mm -hmm. a video answering a question um, that they may have searched for. That's correct. Okay, and again, (laughs) um, uh, 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 relying on search is another really strong argument for niche marketing, isn't
1: it? Absolutely. Well, long-tail keywords, Uh they call it. So, you know, if you're going to search for, let's just say I put in plumber's insurance, and I just hit enter in Google. Something's going to come up. Right. right?
0: And if you're in Arizona, because, you know, Google favors local.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right? So there's a lot to be said. I could go on for hours about this. But if you put in plumbers insurance in, I don't know, Scottsdale, Arizona, right. that's going to come up with something different. You know, and maybe if we had a, you know, where are, I don't know, you know, we can make up thousands of things. But the longer the keywords get, the longer... <laughs> Right. The the length of the searches is going to really refine that search. And you can correlate that to your ideal customer. What is your ideal customer looking for? Where are they? And what are the questions they have? And how can we answer them um, and provide value in the form of uh, information to them?
0: How do you decide... Um, or determine what those searches are or what they may be so that can guide your content creation?
1: Yeah, so if you use, there's a a few free programs out there called, one of them is Answer the Public. Mm -hmm. You can put in a question about any, you know, crop dusting insurance in Kansas or something. And, you know, you'll probably come up with, you know, they, they have several different questions, how, why, what, when, where, and then they'll give you suggestions on articles. You can also use programs... Um, you know, that are a little bit more in depth, like SEMrush and you know, SEMrush, some some other ones that you know. But for to get a general idea, answer the public uh, is is a good place
0: to start. Got it. All right. Um, and so uh, again, a little bit into the weeds, and this is uh, this this can be a uh, confusing um, topic for some people. I suspect you can add some clarity to it. I, I, I'm sure you rely on your Google analytics to determine like uh, how people are getting to your site. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if you would like share what your protocol or your discipline is around Google analytics and what you think agents should do.
1: Well, you know, in real life, you have an ideal customer, and I'm going to go to fake life in a second, but <laughs> your ideal customer yeah. is a certain age. They probably speak a certain language. They mm-hmm. probably have some criteria about them: where they live, their education, their interests, their social groups, their behaviors. You know what? Uh, you know there's a there's a profile. We know exactly what that person looks like. So from a google analytics standpoint we can find out who's hitting our site and who's most likely to convert to on our site to paint a digital picture of that ideal customer so we have a we have a a profile psychographically demographically we know how old they are but then we can drill down into the folks that are really converting what's their interest for some reason Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound bizarre, but it's just the way it is. We found that people that are interested in trips to Costa Rica were 70% more likely to convert on our site. (laughs) I have no idea why, and I don't care. But, you know, having that data is important because we can build an audience, and we can target folks, ironically, as weird as it sounds, that want to go to Costa Rica.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Um. Okay. So how how often do you do your uh, do you review Google Analytics and, and use it to Daily. Oh daily. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Um and then uh and then when you analyze that data, that drives your decisions.
1: That drives our marketing uh, right. decisions, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, <clears throat> all right. Um other tools? Uh you know, what, what what else? What else is a, like a critical part of your modern agency toolbox?
1: Yeah, so I mean, if, if we're talking online digital stuff, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, so I think you know, just from a just from a you know a standpoint of uh, backing it up a little bit, you know, uh, I think Google My Business is a, is a great local tool tool for you know local agents. I'm sure most of your viewers know about it. We you know automating a system for reviews is um, is, is a great way to, to boost your local presence, mm-hmm. online digital presence. Yeah. I'm sure you've spoken about that many times. As a matter of fact, I think I've heard you speak about it. And making sure your you know, site is obviously mobile-friendly. Those are obvious. But then yeah. you can dig a little deeper into the user experience and what's going on with them when they come to the site. Okay. Talk about that. So one of the programs we use is Hotjar, a hot jar is you can embed some code where you can actually watch the people on your site and see where they get uncomfortable and, and where we can get heat maps of where they're clicking and where they're not clicking, where they're turned off, where they leave. And, you know, we can give them surveys and say, hey, why'd you leave? What, what's going on? You know, why didn't you not like that? And we could see where people's eyes go and, on the site yeah. and, and, you know, make some small adjustments based on the, uh, the user experience on the site. Now, having said that, we're going through, right now, complete site redesign. So all that data, we're going to just take all that stuff that we've learned and incorporate that conversion optimization um, right. you know, data that we've learned uh-huh. into incorporating it into the new site.
0: So, so uh, presumably, then you discovered that there were uh, like um, places in your uh, in your online roadmap that weren't mm-hmm. working. Like you wanted them to take take this route, and they weren't.
1: That's right. We found buttons that weren't working. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Okay. Rage
1: clicks—they're called, right? So uh-huh. you see people getting really annoyed. Right. Click, 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 and then you know they're like. Yeah. Oh. You know, and that, and that could be costly.
0: Okay. And so the, the tool you used is, is Hotjar, and there it's are a few Hotjar, of them out yeah. there, but that one works really well. Okay. Um, There's several out there, but Hotjar is good. Yeah. All right. And, and so, um, and then you're able to, to, to run a survey and get some feedback. Um,
1: also abandonment techniques. So yeah. Talk about that. Abandonment so if techniques. So somebody's going to leave the site, and right. we know that or they're likely to be a converter. You know, we can put up. You know, you'll see it all the time. Once your mouse goes up to a certain portion, like you're going to leave, and this uh, banner will come up. Are you sure right, you want to right. leave? Don't you want to buy from me? Don't you don't trust me? Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, not everyone answers, and it's been mildly effective. But mm-hmm. if it just takes time to set it up and a, and a few bucks, and you know, over over, call it thousands of searches, a certain percentage of people will right. Click the button.
0: Right, right. I mean, I'm certain everybody's, uh, uh, everybody has seen this, where uh, th- their mouse goes up to the back button or up to, you know, up up to uh, to the address bar as if they're going to type in something else, and, and boom, a pop up shows up and and it offers them something like that's right. Get this free tool, or you know, don't you want to subscribe to our blog? So you're doing something like that. There are tools like AppSumo. Uh, or sumo um, mm-hmm. that uh, that that can handle that for Hotjar also has its own version. Oh, and Hotjar's got one too. Okay, so yep. so you've had some success with that. All right, um, and then uh, okay, other tools that you uh, would recommend?
1: Yeah, I mean, so if you're uh, hmm, trying to think of some useful ones, that would be you know, some chatbots are are great. Do you, so are I, you
0: using one now? A chatbot?
1: I am. Yeah. yeah
0: okay. Yeah, and,
1: so it's an AI chatbot.
0: Right. And uh, what are you discovering with that?
1: Um. Yeah. You know, I'm discovering that some people just, for whatever reason, may not want to talk at that moment. Uh-huh. So, or, or don't trust you enough to fill out the form for whatever reason. Right. And maybe they want to get a little bit more feel of how who you are or what products you can offer, or you know, so then they can speak to somebody. Um, or something, right? Really, which is an in, it's an industry chatbot that we use. It's called Pro Navigator. Ah, okay. Um, and yeah, for for,
0: yeah. For, for for our listeners, if they're not aware of it, you Jeff can. Roy l- was a
1: big l- proponent l- of them. Look yeah. up
0: uh, the my podcast interview with the founder and CEO. Yep, yep. And,
1: and, okay, and and, and, and we'll,
0: that one allows you to do some. Um, oh, I, I don't want to say programming, but you can customize it to some extent.
1: You can, and, and they're, they're 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 great over there with that. Yeah, yep. and it's not an end all be all because we just don't have the data on it. But rather than the folks leaving or you know or um, let's just say not filling out a form, they I do see uh, a pickup in um, quotes from being delivered from that chatbot, and it's automatic. It, it it answers questions. It's it's kind of neat, actually. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I want to uh, before we wind it up here, yeah. Dave, I, I want to circle back to a, a common phrase and you referenced it at the very beginning, the user or the customer experience, the customer journey. So in, in your ideal world, talk to us about what that journey might be from the point of discovery to the point of, um, conversion to, and it's not really a point, but that, uh, that, 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 that um, point in time when they've, they've converted from merely purchasing their first policy to becoming a loyal, raving fan. So there are yeah. uh, th- uh, th- uh, three different phases, like starting at the very beginning, yep. uh, becoming you know like a first time customer and then really falling in love with the agency. Describe uh, how, like ideally, what's that journey like? And I realize that there are a couple of dimensions to it. One there is are. the objective fact of like, <laughs> you know i'm going from here to here to here but they're also there's the subjective reality i'm feeling sure this and then this and then this and they have to the objective part needs to guide the subjective part talk to us about ideally how that works in your agency
1: yeah so i think from an agency standpoint um to attract them effectively you need to have built the trust so like you know so we need to determine who's in market i'll call it who's who's searching for the products that I have currently. And, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody's looking up, I don't know, we'll just use Plumber's Insurance, for example, in Arizona. Right. I want to get in front of those people mm-hmm. with some ad or some, you know, some way to for them to click on to my, okay. uh, so, my conversion so, so, page.
0: So conceivably it could be a pay-per-click ad, It right? could be,
1: absolutely okay. pay-per-click. Sure, we do quite a bit of pay-per-click through, yeah. uh, you know, Google Ads. And we find that to be uh... effective uh, and you know the more niche you are the more effective it can be in my mind so right. but back to your um back to your question is you know attract those folks get them into your funnel make sure you build the trust have a landing page there that is easy to use mobile friendly make sure that you know you're paying attention to the user experience have them submit the form in a way that you know doesn't we don't see a big drop off in the funnel. You know, if seventy, eighty, ninety percent of the people once they click to get some information, they leave. Well, there's an issue with that. Um, right. You know, that that form that they're filling out. Once they fill out the form, it should be automatically sent, in my mind, to you know somebody who's an expert in that uh, product they're looking for, mm-hmm. and determine which way this client or prospect or future client wants to be uh, spoken to, and whether it be text email over the phone, uh, do you want to set up an appointment from there, you know, advise, be their advisor, their champion, and uh, walk them through the process of uh, finding them the best value for their dollar, dollar and providing them the protection and the peace of mind that they need mm-hmm. um, while you know, just having an honest conversation with them about value.
0: Okay. I want to jump back. Um, and, and then I'm going to get back to this point cause there's a, there's a, a tale after this, but if we jump back to getting them in the funnel, sure. uh, in your model. And, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, clearly there's more than one way to skin this cat. Um, when they, when they first discover is, uh, is the offer generally, uh, about, um, like insurance, the hard offer, like purchase insurance or, do, you, do they often come into your uh, marketing funnel with soft offers of getting um, questions answered, content? Oh, uh, so, about- you know,
1: you have your paid, and then you have the, uh, the optimization of answering and adding value as an expert. Uh-huh. And then you have the in-market people that are looking for this thing now. I need to solve my problem. Got it. You know, what am I looking for? I need plumbers insurance. I'm in Scottsdale. <laughs> okay, boom. You right. type that up. And then, you know, those keywords would match Um, you know, an ad that you have. So let's just say it was, you know, compare top five uh, plumbers insurance, Scottsdale, uh, Arizona, Right. you know, and then click here for a quote or or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, serving Scottsdale for 20 years, and you'll see that paid search ad or that paid ad all the time in Google, the top three or four typically. Uh, on search is is going to you'll see the little ad thing next to it.
0: So it sounds like they could enter into the funnel a couple of different ways in your model. One, I need plumber's insurance now. I don't want to read an article. I want to talk to somebody. Boom. Right. Uh, or the the person who actually uh, they're not ready for that, but uh, they're oh. they're in that niche. They've always got questions at the back, or mi- back of, of of their mind, and you're providing that answer to them. And then presumably uh, nurturing them until the point where they they make contact with you,
1: right? So once they hit our site and get a question answered from the, you know, we have their cookie, so we can you know, cookie is just a piece of code that's installed on that device or that area that you know they search, so we can hit them with it's you know retargeting. It, ah, so. okay,
0: right. Okay, so then, so so then when they're searching. Then um, when they're or they're online and they're not necessarily searching for you. You're showing and up again. And I'm,
1: I'm that annoying guy that you're on Facebook and all of a sudden, you know, this you know. Or, you know, I just looked for the vacuum from Amazon. How come Yahoo knows that? Yeah. You know, and, right. and that you can, you can apply those cookies to uh, retarget those folks. And, you know, it also builds some brand awareness as well, yeah. you, know, for, you know, in the area. But ideally, however, you get them in the funnel you know from a digital standpoint i think you just you know add value um, answer questions and use the the words that they are searching for to make an ad mm-hmm. that would go to a landing page in which they could get the things that they want right now got it
0: all right now to get back to where we were before i yeah. asked that question so now they've become a customer and you're not done with them mm-hmm. that really in many ways is really just the beginning of a true relationship right what happens after that? What, what what do you want their journey to, to look like and feel like after they become a customer?
1: Yeah, I mean, we need to, you know, we've, and I'll be completely transparent, we have failed in this area. Um, failed is a bad word. I'll probably get, uh, you know whatever, for that. But, you know, we could have done better. <laughs> what, to, you uh, mean
0: when, when your dad listens to this? <laughs> well, yeah, he's going to be like,
1: well, well, well. well, you know, that's kind of me coming out to be Like, it's got to be better, you know. And <laughs> what we're, we really are doing well. Yeah, yeah. We're no, doing I know well you are.
0: you are. Paying attention
1: to our, um, in areas that we needed help. And, and for the past few years, our retention could have been better because we could have built a better digital relationship with them. We could have been more personable or more, um, I would say engage digitally uh, to, to, you know, uh, just be number one, top of mind. Number yeah. two is show them, you know, that we're really there to provide value for them and, and, and see if they have any questions. or And you can use, you know, programs that provide, for example, an MPS score, which is a net promoter mm-hmm. score, right. which will, you know, let you know how your customers think you're doing. And I would, you know, I would encourage some folks to look for, if you know if you're not familiar with NPS scoring. Yeah, and for we'll those go who,
0: who those for those who are not uh, I strongly enc I, I this is a tool that I've been um a uh an advocate for 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 a long time. For those who are not currently using NPS, I want to encourage you to listen to my very recent podcast like about 3 weeks ago uh on NPS. Um I thought I thought it was an outstanding conversation. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah was and you know so from there you know you have to build a relationship and and, and um and find really what they need but you can segment that relationship meaning mm-hmm. i'm not going to send the plumber in arizona the same communication is going to send the hairstylist in maryland right right so yeah. you know segmenting that out i think is important and um you know constantly just trying to add value to them rather than you know, asking for anything, mm-hmm. and the ease of doing business, I think, is really important as well. When, you know, if if somebody's going to need something, or, um, you know, I, I think it's the user or the customer needs to feel like it's it's user friendly, and you're getting the information yeah. that uh, that they need.
0: Got it. All right. Um All right. Well, before we wind up, I've got one last question <clears throat> for you, Dave. If if you were going to use this opportunity to deliver a message of some import to the insurance agency principle of today, if you were going to based on your experience and now you've been in the industry for, for a good while and you've made a transition, um, from a, uh, a a really well-run professional agency to, you know, what, what I would say is, uh, kind of a prototype of the modern insurance agency. What's the message that you, what do you want people to hear?
1: Well, I think you got to figure out where you want to go and have a strategy for niching. Mm-hmm. Um, figure out if you're looking for profit or if you're looking to scale and take all those things into account and figure out some tactics to achieve those, that strategy, keeping in mind that the modern consumer and technology is an ever-changing field, and it can be frustrating, but you know persistence is key, and uh, I think as, as insurance agents, we have uh, we we have a level of persistence that is probably higher than, than other industries. So, you know, stick yeah. with it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, uh, hopefully after th- this current crisis subsides, we'll perhaps see you out here in the casita one more time. Uh, I'd
1: love to. That was such a great experience being out there with you. And, you know, you've got a great group of people that really add a lot of value. Yeah. So the collaboration is great. And another thing, too, is... If you don't mind? I'll add is you know the I A O A on Facebook is a great place for right. for agents to look as well. And it was a pleasure to be out there and to be invited to your to your uh, to your lovely Casita.
0: Right on. Okay. Well, uh, be safe and take care of your family. Okay. And um, thank you so much for uh, sharing your uh, expertise and, and your experience with us
1: today. Thank you for having me. And everyone, be well.
0: Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.